Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 24. How do I compare myself to other people without wanting to quit? It's my interview with the man, the myth, the legend, Corey Wong. And I'm here too. <laughs> Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. Owner rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. in yeah i think so (laughs) i am joined as always by my wife my james brown my james brown yeah my james brown and funk sarah morgan so great to be here so dumb let's move on fans of the podcast know that every week we ask sarah a question those questions come from you the listeners and they're left on itunes go to itunes rate comment and subscribe five stars only instead of leaving comments about what you think about this podcast how crappy how big of a waste of time me yammering in your ear for an hour and a half while you drive to your overly long commute into work is leave a question this week's question comes from c forest c asks all right well by that name is that a male or female never can tell he she forest <laughs> says where is the farthest in all directions north south east and west you have been and what brought you there sarah i don't even feel like i have anything interesting to say do we need to pull out a map no well where's the farthest north you've ever been i mean i guess my stopover in iceland which i think is cheating because did i stay there no i just stopped at the we airport we always have this argument that I want to count even countries that we've had layovers in. Even though we didn't see any of it. It's countries we've visited. But you are always adamantly saying no. Yeah, it feels wrong. And again, I'm talking with my hands. Shaking my hands right at you. So Iceland, sort of. Otherwise, I guess just like Duluth. Okay. (laughs) The farthest south. Not Duluth. Let's be specific because you're always busting my balls about specifics. Mm. Furthest north would be Two Harbors. No, past. The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse, off of 61, whatever that is. If you know where that is, fill us in. Let us know. Further south. Mm, Florida. Oh, we're not answering what took you there. What took you north? I took you north. You've never taken me anywhere. (laughs) Trick question. I took you north. I took you to Iceland. South is Florida? Mm. False. We went on a cruise for our honeymoon. Mm. See, I'm forgetting. Yes, we went on a cruise. So whichever one of those is the furthest south. Those islands, maybe... The Bahamas. Let's leave it at that. I took you there. East. Hmm. Um, (laughs) East would be Austria. I took you there. (laughs) As I also took you to Iceland and to the cabin up north. True. West. Uh, West would be Colorado. And that was lots of like childhood vacations. Colorado is the furthest west in the United States. Yeah, I know. That's awful. That's actually blowing my mind. I'm ashamed. Let's fix that this year. Well, what else is there besides California? Is there anybody listening? If you are listening from any place further west from Colorado, what, I don't know why I'm saying that. What do I want them to do? Raise your hand. Buy me a ticket so I can come visit. Do I need to answer these? Nope. No. You would get too long and boring. No, that's true. That's a great question. He, she, forest. He, she, see, forest. Mm. Thank you for that. Has anybody checked out the new podcast app by Apple? 
If you listen to podcasts, Sarah, where do you listen? Doesn't matter. Trick question. Most people <laughs> listen on iTunes. The I, podcast app on your iPhone is the majority win. The new app with your software update. It's super easy. Just scroll down. Rate five stars. Subscribe. Leave a question comment for Sarah. Easy peasy. Next, a little segment I have been experimenting with. And by experimenting with, I mean I did it once and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm calling it Rob Recommends. Every week, I say something I've been digging. It could be musical. It could be as tactical as something I use every day, like an everyday carry type situation. Like it could a be pen. Anything. Yeah, it could be a pen situation. I don't know. <laughs> it is one more way for me to essentially uh, tell the world that I've got everything figured out and my opinion truly matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do tell. This week's Rob Recommends is... A rum. You found this rum at Zips Liquors, and this recommendation is for all my whiskey and scotch friends, Mm -hmm. which is funny that I would recommend a rum, but I've never found a rum that I really enjoy because I'm such a sipping guy. I want like a sipping rum that you could drink like a scotch. This rum is that. So how did you find this? And I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing my hands at you. I'm flailing my arms all over the place. I feel it. I feel it all. Uh, Well, I mean, I don't know much about the rum itself, um, except that... (laughs) Except that I did find out during the tasting that most of the base neutral, whatever it's called, base neutral liquor of rum is all from Guyana, which is weird because you have been there and that's the whole reason I went up to the table. I was like, product Guyana, that's weird. You're not saying base neutral liquor, you're saying like the... The base spirit. Then that's often shipped to Jamaica and then that's where it's finished. But most of the original spirit pre-aged the white spirit... Oh, the actual distilled spirit. Yeah. Oh. It's like 80% or 90% is from Guyana. But this is an actual rum made in Guyana. That's all I know about it. Man, okay, so this is Hamilton 86. Maybe I'll take a picture and I put, I'll put it on the show notes and all the information. I usually put the... And by usually, I mean the one other time I made this Rob recommendation. Right. You can also highlight notes. my tiny, adorable thrift store glasses that I recently acquired for 50 cents. Maybe I'll take a picture of those and put them on the show notes. Uh, all right. Hamilton 86 Ministry of Rum Collection. And the Dude. packaging is pretty basic. You it would easily you would easily walk by this rum on the shelf. Yeah, this definitely looks like it's just simple. bottom shelf rum. But so good. Cheers, Ovi. Cheers. Did you get that sound? I got the sound. I put the microphone up to the glasses when I clinked it. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that finishes like a good bourbon. Yeah, it's got that kind of basement funk, musty, oaky, super like molasses, super smooth. How much was this? I think it was seventeen ninety nine. All right, check it out if you're a whiskey enjoyer. This is what I'm drinking this week. Hovey, thank you for the recommendation. Okay, we're gonna dive right into this. This is a music heavy episode. If you've been following the podcast, you know that this is not. A music podcast. This is a podcast where I sit down with people, anybody that I find interesting or inspiring to find out what I can learn from them. My goal is to get past the what it is people do and figure out why they do it. But some of these people are musicians. So this is a music heavy podcast. We talk a lot about music and touring. That said, if you listen, if you stick around, I got a couple treats. I got a couple sweet treats for people at the end of this podcast. Sarah, how pumped are you about these sweet treats for your ears? Well, I'd like to say I'm pretty checked out, but I'm going to go ahead and say super interested. All right. If you stick along, if you stick around to the end of the podcast, I'm going to play a song from Corey's new album that he just released. 
And if you stick even further than that, I'll have a little surprise. More audio, a little tidbit. Free food? Free food. Stick around to the end and there's free food. <laughs> Hovi, here's a problem. So this, this, is the base of the, this is the basis of this interview. Holy crap, I cannot talk. I'm a bassist. And this is the basis of this interview. Is a problem. People in the self-employed world, especially uh, musicians or people that are being hired by other people for a service that they do, especially, oh man, I really want to stay away from the word creative because I believe that every field have some has some sort of creativity in it. Like for instance, we're talking about music, but it's not just for musicians. A lot of these fields uh, or self-employed industries, a lot of the problems we run into is the fact that what you do for a living Tell me more, tell me more. I am. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. What you do for a living is dependent on people liking what you do and Mm -hmm. being asked back. Yeah. It's dependent on other people. See, aren't you glad it took so much time to drop that massive, mind-blowing, simple sentence? All right. Anyways. (laughs) uh, So by doing something that is dependent on other people liking what we do, we get hung up on trying to impress other people. So I, f- I feel like at least for me, it's this constant balance of I want to be true to myself, but at the same time, if no one gives a crap about what I'm doing or what I'm making, I don't have a career. Does yeah, that make sense at all? This only applies to people who are trying to make a career of it. If you want to make your own weird shit all the days of your life, but you have a day job, there's no pressure. Dang. Yeah. That's true. Okay, maybe so you, stop trying to make a career out of it. And maybe then. <laughs> that's, act- that's actually really heavy. That's really deep. Mm, I'm a deep woman. I maybe think about that. Okay. Uh, anyway, I do hear what you're saying, though. You are anyone who makes a product, whether that's musical thing or you make socks, your livelihood is dependent on people liking it and paying for it. Yeah. Man, that's so good. I'm still stuck on what you said a minute ago. Okay. Corey breaks down this thought that he has in this conversation about comparing yourself to other people's metrics of what makes them awesome. I'm not even going to dive into what that means because he explains it far better than what I can. But this whole conversation ends up talking about comparing yourself to other people and finding your own voice. I was going to have uh, finding your voice being the title, but that's super cheesy, but we dive into that. Speaking of comparing, I do want to throw out, if anybody's listening to this and you feel like you have found a way to compare yourself to other people in a positive way, in a beneficial or in a way that inspires you, I'd love to hear your stories. After listening to this, it'll make sense after you listen to this episode, but after listening to this, if you have any stories that you think would benefit other people hearing, call the hotline. The number is 612-584-9330. The numbers on iTunes, the numbers pretty much anywhere, show notes of this podcast, call it and I might play your message on one of the future episodes because I think this is this is a conversation that's bigger than just uh, what happened between Corey and I. This is something I'd love to hear from other people. All right. Have you ever heard of this band called Wolfpack? Wolf? Wolfpack. <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> well, that's a great confusing name. Okay. I love that you, that was totally genuine. Your response. To Wolfpack? Yes. Wolfpack. Oh. Because <laughs> these, these guys are awesome. It, it sounds like it should be Wolfpack. Yes. And anybody that's been following this podcast, anybody that's astute, one of this podcast's most listened to episodes is question number six, where I sit down with Ian Allison to talk about what makes someone an influencer. And in that conversation, Ian actually mentions Wolfpack. Just check my Instagram. What? You're on your phone now? <laughs> Anyways, this is what Ian said from that. 
Oh, another, and this is embarrassing to admit, case in point, uh, Wolfpack. You know that band mm. Wolfpack? Yes, only recently. People would say to me, Wolfpack, and I'd say, Wolfpack, which is the, you know, no, 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 Wolfpack. And I'm like, Wolfpack? I'm never listening yes. to that band, ever. <laughs> yeah. Because the name what, are you makes trying me to prove? feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Have they been around for a while? Um, uh, uh, yeah. Because like they've a, only been on my radar for a couple months. No, they've been around for years, okay. for a few years. I don't totally know, but they're fantastic. They're incredible. They're one of my new favorite bands, and I just had to get over my own cool guy crap and, and dig in, you know. By the way, that conversation's awesome. It's one of the most downloaded and listened to episodes of the podcast so far. So if you're just starting right here, shoot back to episode number six. Listen to it. Ian's Where did you record that at? I forget. Bad Waitress in Uptown. Mm, not Uptown, but that's fine. <laughs> I think we had the same spiel. Yes. Okay, anyways, Corey plays electric guitar for Wolfpack. Ben Rector, he's worked on NBC's The Voice and another show I think called The Winner Is. I've never heard of that one. What do you do on The Voice? It's a great question. I think I've only talked with him once. I mean, about I that. suppose he there's did, like a, a band. He did production and some tracking, I believe, and arranging. Mm. The Current has called Corey. Do you know about The Current? For anybody that doesn't live in Minnesota, um, what's The yes. Current, Sarah? It's a radio station. Great. Moving on. It's uh, great. I listen to it every morning when I drive to work. The Current calls Love Cor- you, Brian Oak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Current calls Corey the most famous Minnesota musician you've probably never heard of. Hmm. That's a good quote. Intriguing. I think that's all I'm going to say. Let's dive into this. I met up with Corey at Spy House Coffee in Northeast Minneapolis. This is one of those that just started. We set up and we just started talking. I threw it on record. And this whole first part of the conversation was just super interesting. Of course, going deep, super fast. What? I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing either. All right. My interview with Corey Wong. We were in Brussels with Wolfbeck and we were craving Recently? a cup. Yeah, like a month and a half ago. Ugh. And we're out there. And we're all sitting down. It's like, oh, we found it. We got the thing. We, we got the cup. We're all sitting down. Yeah. And Joe Dart's mom is there with us because she was like on the tour with us. Kind of like <laughs> yes, parallel. Really? She came along and, really? and met uh, us in every city. It was amazing. It was oh, that's great. awesome. She's wonderful. And she just kind of sits down and is like, you guys are funny. And we're like, what? She's well, like, every city that you go to in the entire world, you basically just look for the exact same coffee shop. She's like, this... This totally looks exactly like yes. it could just be in Ann Dude, Arbor, it Michigan. Be it could yeah. be in, yeah, in Portland, Oregon, Portland, <laughs> Maine. So but here funny. we are in yeah. Brussels at this yeah. place where it's like, oh man, I, we found it. This is yes. the spot in Brussels. Yeah, like, man. well, no, really, it's just like it's like the same everywhere. <laughs> oh man, but look at these tables. They've got like the uh, the, the barnyard refurbished <laughs> tables. Well, yeah, like the last place, yeah, the Edison light bulbs <laughs> yeah, or totally. whatever. It's oh like, man, it's so vibey. Yeah, like every place. <laughs> okay, which is funny that she says that because to her generation, and I feel like. To us, maybe you before you got into coffee, was Starbucks. And that's the joy of it because the cool thing about Starbucks is no matter where in the world you go, you can feel safe. Yeah. You know, you're like, I'm at Starbucks, I know what I'm getting. It's gonna be <laughs> awesome. I know the vibe. I can feel like I'm at home. But the same thing with like the modern third wave shop. It's like, oh yeah, I, I get my sparkling water with my cappuccino. Yeah. I know what yeah. I'm expecting. <laughs> I just think of the last time we were in like Tokyo doing the same thing of like hiking for like a mile and a half to get the local version of yeah. every other place. 
Yeah. But it's cool. You got to do it. It is. And and it's just part totally of the deal. It. it is and part I, of the deal. I found my favorite spot in the yeah. world is Bonanza Coffee in Berlin. Come on. Yeah. And it was just, it's again, just part of the yeah. journey. So like every once in a while, it's like, yeah, I, I don't remember the place in Brussels that we yes. were. But it was an awakening of like, she's totally right. I've never thought about this. Like every place that we're sitting down <laughs> it's in all Europe. It's the exact same. Like, it looks like it could be in East Nashville. Yeah. It looks like it could be wherever. Like there's some differences and whatever. Have you always been like coffee guy or is it like the experience or the vibe? What is it that you love about those, like finding the spot that's just like everywhere else? Yeah. I think finding the spot is just like a fun adventure yeah. thing to explore a town yeah. a little bit. And normally the the places are in what would be kind of considered a cool part of town or whatever. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times when we go to those coffee shops, there's other cool stuff around yeah. it. But then also it's just there's some piece of grounding within yeah. it. Like when you're on tour for a long time, there's something about that fresh cup. Oh, that man. Something either really familiar about it or yes. something new that's like, wow, this is a, a coffee experience unlike I've ever had. That's yes. what I had at Bonanza in okay. Berlin. Like okay, I did just, a coffee flight, uh, and then they had, like, yeah. the, the experience was really great. Yeah. They came with these different, I mean, I've done coffee flights before, cuppings yeah, yeah. or whatever, but, and this was just a different thing. They had multiple non-dairy options, which I need because I'm a non-dairy guy. So they had oat milk, they had mm -hmm. almond milk, they had all these things. They're like, oh, they yeah, the goat try milk. Will. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> like have I thought you were saying earlier. <laughs> oh, the goat milk cappuccino. I was like, oh. All right, interesting. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> now, oat milk's been oat milk's been hitting the scene, man. Really? I don't yeah. think I've ever had oat milk. Um, better than almond? It's just different. I think it interacts. I mean, obviously, it interacts with the, the coffee differently, but oat milk in general yeah. is, has a little bit sweeter taste yeah, than yeah. almond milk. I don't know. Yeah. I should check it out. Man. Uh, okay. Not to make this too deep. But I'm like thinking, I'm thinking about what you're saying with like the coffee experience. Yeah. Going someplace, having the comfortability of it, but yeah. it's also something new. Man, all of a sudden, for some reason in my mind, I'm thinking about touring with music is a lot of parallels. So on one hand, you have like this fresh new experience in a crowd you've never interacted with. Yeah. But at the same time, you're playing with the same guys, playing the same music. Yeah. And so it's this juxtaposition of familiar, but totally new. Yeah, I don't know if you ever feel that way. In some in some bands, I recognize it more than others. Yeah, and in some, well, I think it just has to do with where the tour is yeah, going yeah. to. Like yeah. when we were, we were just on a European tour. Yeah, where we started in New York City, as like the opening run. We did three nights in Brooklyn, I guess, not New York City. So we did that, and then Paris, totally different crowd. Then it's like, oh. There's a different interaction when mm -hmm. English is not the first language, too. Yes. And it was interesting to see that oh, interaction. Yeah. But at the same time, they don't want you to try to dumb down your talking or, yeah. or your interaction. Just do the same thing because they're going to sense what's genuine or not. Like, don't yes. try to... Oh, I don't know. I was man, thinking, like, let's so not pander huge. the audience by trying to... I mean, yeah, let's acknowledge and try to do yeah. what we can with speaking some phrases, but the inflections in your voice just still go for it the same way that you normally would oh man is that an intentional thing or is that well I think I just realized that on that yeah. show and then it was like oh yeah that's totally the move is not yeah. to because when they're watching oh man that's so heavy vid videos of bands like yeah. th they've seen us on video and heard us on record yeah 
that's probably the experience that they want mm -hmm. just in front of their eyes so don't try to talk to them like hey guys we, we are, are from yeah. America <laughs> yeah like that's just it, there's something almost even disrespectful oh, about totally, that oh totally it's totally disrespectful <laughs> the talking down to them yeah like, but at the same time I yeah. could see why you would think it might be helpful yeah. to either slow down your talking or to to make yeah, your message a little quote unquote clearer yeah but I think really just put on your show yes I don't know okay. if you guys experienced that like you I've never done a tour in Asia so I don't yeah. know what that's like there but in Europe that's what I experienced there yeah I've, man I've never thought about it until just now the thought of yeah we just do our thing and you rock out have you ever been in a band that you've played overseas and done that and they did? They were talking down to people or changing the way they did that and you, and you no, like recognize that? just because I haven't done a whole lot yeah, of overseas. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you guys talk about that at all? Like the thought of like everything you're saying right now, like the talking down to people? We discussed it in the green room. I mean, basically it was like Jack and Theo were mm -hmm. talking about it. <laughs> and then halfway through the show, Theo starts talking, <laughs> speaking just horrible French <laughs> but he's got a few phrases that sound so convincing oh yeah because he's totally. a language guy he's, yeah. he's a sounds guy he just oh, hears yeah. stuff so he had a few phrases that were like yeah people looked up like whoa this dude <laughs> well, speaks dude French, French yeah. and then it and he just keeps going then he kind of like got a little overconfident <laughs> <laughs> kept saying a little bit more and I look over to the side of the stage hands just like uh, he's just laughing well he wasn't oh, trying yeah, to mop totally. he was just like now, now, now you're starting you're, to butcher it. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's so funny. But he, he was like looking to the side. He knew that he was like, all right. Oh, but man. it was fun because he was stretching the limitations yeah, totally. of it. Totally. Man, okay, that's funny. That's another thought too. Uh, when I'm thinking about our Asia touring or traveling, finding the balance between not talking down to people and like talking slow, everything you're saying, but then at the same time trying. Like if you can try to learn like even a couple words like thank you to say on stage in someone's yeah, language, yeah. people mm -hmm. just go crazy. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. being intentional, like acknowledging that and doing something, but at the yeah. same time being yourself. Sure. Like finding that balance. Yeah. I, I've never thought about that before this conversation. I don't know. It's in, it's well, even just like around town, if I go to a one of the Asian grocery stores to get some produce or whatever, or, going to the Mexican market to get stuff. Yeah. Just like having some sort of interaction where you make an effort. Like it's just good practice. Dude, yeah? okay, so then, all right, here's my next question for you then. What's the balance between being true to yourself? This is who I am, yeah. this is what I've got to offer, and the balance between that and then acknowledging what someone else wants or needs in a music setting Yeah. and offering that. Yeah, so I think it depends on the situation. Yeah. and. I feel like I'm pretty good at reading social cues in general of like a producer and professional yeah. cues on like, okay, these guys are going for this sort of thing on this record. I mean, I think no matter what, I, when I play, there's some piece of my fingerprint that goes into it. I don't feel like I even figured out what my thing was yeah. up until maybe like a year and a half ago. Finally felt like, oh yeah, I've kind of developed a sound and I've developed my thing. Yeah, and now, and totally. And I didn't even realize it until I was starting to be on sessions or out with my friends. Keyboard players like, man, this track ends up sounding great. It's funny though, like, your guitar just sounds so like Corey Wong. It's like that Corey Wong thing. And I was like, oh, I don't. Was that confusing? What is that? Like, what the hell are yeah, you talking about? But he's about? like, I don't know how to describe the sound of your guitar on that other than it yeah. just sounds like you. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know what? That's like a really amazing compliment. And then I started to hear more people saying, like, oh, do your thing, do that thing that you do. And then starting to imp interpret yeah, yeah. what people see as my thing is. 
actually helped me hone in what my thing was. Like if I could mine it down to its purest form, what people see the thing that I do in my sound. Yes. I finally started to figure that out. Yeah. And then from that, use that as a piece of information where it's like, we're hiring you because we like what you do, mm-hmm. or we're hiring you because we need a good guitar player who can who can execute. Yeah. And then that's a totally different thing. Are you really quick to figure out that? Are you, do you, is that like a natural thing for you to um, I kind of know most, they're for, giving me for freedom. The most, yeah, yeah. For the most part. Yeah, like yeah. I'll, somebody sent me a track that was producing a song for Blake Shelton. Yeah. Blake Shelton couldn't care less to have my fingerprint yeah. on his song. Make they sure you need, have the Cory Wong <laughs> yeah. yeah. He needs guitar. Yeah. You know? So oh, I'm yeah. going to give him guitar. And that's fun. Yeah. That being me versus somebody else it's like he needs this sort of sound they like stuff to sound new they want stuff to sound fresh yeah sound cool yeah great I'm gonna give them that and maybe it incorporates a little bit of who I am yeah sure but I'll 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 use I'll dial in as much of me as I feel is necessary or appropriate for the track when on the other hand like uh, just yesterday Ben Rector sent me a song for his new record he's like oh yeah we tracked this song but I feel like we could use Strat. Yeah. Give me your Strat take on this. Just put your... It gave you like a direction, like this is what I'm kind of feeling, yes. like the box of like, it, but then you do this. Play this part, yeah. but just do it the way that you do it. Yeah. And then on the bridge, do the Corey Wong thing. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, oh, I think what he means is the descending two notes, like the double stop guitar yeah. thing that I do. He wants yeah. that there. But he wants kind of the funky, bubbly thing on the chorus. Yeah. So there's the I, and because we, he and I, I've worked with him for him for so long. Well, not so long, but I've worked with him for several years now, where I know that yeah. he knows what I do, and yeah. I know how to interpret what he's saying. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, he's looking for me on this thing. Yeah. But on this section, he just needs this part to yeah. do this thing, and yeah. he's somebody who gives really good direction and knows what he wants. Yeah. So that's cool. Sometimes it's just interpreting that. Some people yeah. will just tell you straight up, I'm looking for this, or yeah. I'm looking for big distorted guitars on this just to mm-hmm. fill up and make the chorus feel like it opens up. Great, that's fine. I can and totally you just do, do that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sleeping in the middle of the night and yeah. someone would like shake you awake, be like, Corey, what's, like, what's your thing? Like you play guitar, what's your deal? And someone shook you in the middle of the night and you had to give an answer. Like yeah. what's your deal? What's your thing? You think. Um, Rhythmic Stratocaster guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just stuff that has to do with... Dude, that's awesome. That is the best description. Rhythmic Stratocaster guitar. That's so badass. And it's fun, too, because like as a frontman now for my own project, uh-huh. how to figure out my thing. Yeah. How to bring like the rhythm guitar and the rhythmic stuff yeah. Yeah. to the forefront. There's this guy, Dave Williams, who played with Michael Jackson. Okay. He's one of big influence of mine. He took rhythm guitar and kind of yeah. brought it to the front. It's like, oh, that's totally possible. Now, especially if I'm the one writing and the front mm-hmm. man for my project. Of course, sometimes I'm going to have to play lead guitar and whatever, and I love doing that. Yeah. I've done that for a long time. But trying to write tunes, write stuff where it's kind of centered around yeah. the rhythm guitar thing. Yes. And allowing it to be the forefront. Yeah. It's a fun, different challenge, you know? Yeah. Okay, because I'm thinking about like you, how you said you're defining uh, your style, like what it is that you do, your thing. Sure. It's, you said, like, 
it was a lot of how other people saw you. Yeah. You know, this is your thing. And they're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You say this, I'm kind of taking pieces and this and finding yeah. it yourself. So I'm interested in, the, in that process of now all of a sudden you do your album and yeah. you get to decide, okay, what is my thing? Like, what yeah. do I put on that? Was that a fun, was that a fun process or was it hard? Did, was there any like hard parts where you were like, yeah. Wait, what is, did you get existential about it at all? I wrote probably 30 or 40 tunes for mm-hmm. an EP and a full length record. Yeah. The full length record I just put out, the EP I put out last year. And a lot of it was from conversations that has happened with other people, like a few people that I really respect that I play with, Jack Stratton from Wolfpack. Kind Mon- of a hell monster. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a visionary. Okay. And he's such a big picture guy and he's such a like he gets people's thing. Really? And he I think where he shines is just picking out, oh, that's that's where your thing is. Oh, and man. pointing it out. And he did that with me. He was like Cool. He you know, he helped point some of those things yeah. out for me. In like a healthy way. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean that's so rather valuable. like <laughs> you don't do this. Yeah, this is you your do deal. This. Yeah, you yeah. Man, because I feel like that's such a healthy deal. I'm like a gift to be like, hey, by the way, this is what you're really shining at. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he pointed he yep. pointed you in that direction. And Ben Rector yeah. too. Ben. Yeah. When I okay. started playing with him, he's like, oh, this is where I think yeah. you have something unique. This is where I think it can fit within the context of this band. Yeah. Ben is a. I'm one of the best leaders I've ever worked with in my life. Maybe even really? the best leader that I've ever worked with because he is able to take a look at all of the pieces that he has in front of him, all the band members, point out what their biggest strengths are and figure out a way to use them all together. Man. And then not only that, to use them on his songs. Yeah. It's been fun to watch him like, hey, you do this here. And it might be something different than what I would think thing is but then afterwards like oh like once it came into place with what Cody was doing or with oh, what Kevin man. is doing mm-hmm. or what he has in oh, mind man. for it he's able to like step back and see yeah. where that could fit and how it could fit with other things yeah. more oh, almost man, like, a, so like a chess player or something yes. you know like how this move is going to affect this move later it's cool that he thinks that way yeah and then also just working with other producers that are really good that I respect that say oh do this thing this would match well with that yeah and then I kind of see how my parts fit in with other things. Man. And also just shedding the reps, getting yeah. a lot of reps doing yeah. my stuff. Because when I play, it all sounds old to me. But what, some people, I see, I, I just take cues out of people's reactions on what they respond to. Yes. Whether it be the guys that I play with or people that are seeing me play for the first time. Yeah. Like, oh, that person's seeing me play for the first time. They like this sort of thing. How are you even doing that? It's like, oh. You totally took it for granted. Yeah. Or it's like, I don't know. It's just two notes at the same time. Yeah, that's just like a muscle memory even go-to thing at this point for me. Oh, man. And then my friends that I play with do the same thing where it's something like, you haven't heard me do that the last two years? I've been doing that like every gig. And they're like, I don't know. You just did it in a different way this time. It's like, oh, I did. You know, so it's just so many reps and that sort of stuff that helps Totally. Man, okay, that's interesting. Figuring out your thing and then not taking it for granted. Because now you're in a position where everybody breaks apart everything you do. Because you're in a band that a lot of music people sure. watch a lot of like online videos of and a lot of musicians are talking about you guys. Yeah. I, I don't know if you see yeah, that. Yeah. Just, and so I'm sure like breaking apart like, man, what's that thing you do with those two? Yeah. So now you're seeing like, <laughs> oh, this thing I've done for years is actually super fresh to somebody. Yeah. 
but also at the same time recognizing that that's what I do right now and that's what people know me as right now. <coughs> I had this, while I was in Europe, there was a, a Salvador Dali and Banksy museum. This is in Amsterdam. And it was interesting, I love to go to art museums in places, I guess all around the world, but in Europe there's just so much good art. So I'd been to all these art museums, seen these artists, the years are like, you know, 1856 and then 1842 and whatever like the numbers were so far back I didn't really know societally what was going on in that country at that time and all this sort of stuff so seeing somebody's work 20 years apart from each other in the 17 or 1800s is a, there's a little bit of a disconnect but then this Banksy and Dolly museum that I went to it was like there's some Banksy work from 1990 something yes mid-90s and then there's this Banksy work from late 90s early 2000s and it's like wow like year 2001 that's where it's like the thing that I recognize they probably saw a lot something of people like, that's Banksy yes yeah 100%. but the stuff before it was like that's totally Banksy but it's it feels like maybe he was trying to figure out his thing or what he was figuring out his sound yes I mean this is obviously just from my perspective yeah yeah and then, but it seemed like there were these eras of him. Yeah. And then it, I was just able to totally. connect with the visual art yes. in a way that was like, oh, this is the message he's getting across on this thing. This is this. Wow, it feels like it's been fully mined to, to its purest form. It, all, it was just a, a, a finer focus onto his yes. thing. Even yeah. though the art and concepts were very different from, from work to work. I don't know. Oh man, I love where you're going. Or maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that's the wrong way. Maybe the the works all looked different, but the concept what was what was fine tuned or whatever. Yeah, to his voice. Yeah. Through his yeah yeah, or maybe it was his voice that was fine tuned, and the concepts were all different. I don't I don't quite know what metaphor to use there, but it's interesting that it took a visual artist for me to see that for myself. Also, what I realized is, like, this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And five years from now I might have this thing dialed in even more or yeah. I might just have kind of a like I might look back like right now I feel like oh I'm kind of dialing it in mm -hmm. if I look at my work five years ago it's like yeah I was still figuring it out <laughs> yeah, totally. you know like yeah. I wanted to be a jazz guy yeah and that's still a part of my heart and like yeah. the harmony and the rhythmic stuff and the history of that still has a lot to do with what mm -hmm. I do now but in a different way it's like no don't try to be Pat Metheny try to be you oh man you know, and then it was yeah. it was pretty obvious that it's like, oh yeah, look at the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> what from Hard Day's Night to Sgt. Pepper and Let It Be, there's so much difference in yes. in era and material. Yeah. When you see something like that, do you either figure out what you're good at and your thing is and just perfect that, hone that and keep getting better and more fine-tuned. Yeah. And at some point you'll have figured it out somehow. Or do you find important just being as broad as possible? Like, where do you find the balance between, in your, like, musical place in life, between working on your weaknesses or focusing on your strengths and just running with those? And this is my deal. And I, maybe I'm not a great jazz guitarist or maybe I'm yeah. not this stuff, but this is what I do, and I'm just going to run with it. I think it's important to learn the language yeah. of those things yeah. because it'll also give you information yeah. on what inspires you for yeah. your own voice. And just like the history of music in general. Yeah. Like, if you want to get into reggae, listen to more than just Bob Marley, you know? Yeah. 
and get deeper into it. Yeah. If you want to get into the jazz thing, get all the way in. If you want to yeah. do the funk thing, get all the way in. Yeah. Get the influences, play along, learn the style, and then just use it to inform your own opinion or voice on who you yeah. are. Because then I, you don't yeah. have to use it yeah. all to play it. Yeah. But as long as you learn the language, then you can decide how you want to jumble the words together to be yeah. your own thing. Yeah. Do you still try to, are you still like branching out, trying to learn new languages? Or you have you been spending your time the past few years like kind of honing in your deal? Yeah, I dedicate a certain amount of hours every week learning and listening. You know, learning old stuff, stuff that's like deep in the yeah, yeah. canon and <laughs> the <laughs> totally. funk canon yeah, or totally. the, yeah. you know, like whatever, just spending a lot of time yeah. listening to the real tradition and the roots of where a lot of stuff came from. Yeah. And then also, just to stay current, I listen to a lot of yeah. modern music, figure yeah. out what kind of harmonic trends, melodic trends, yeah. sound trends yeah. are happening. And also even just listening to podcasts of guys that are talking about yeah. what they did back in the day or what they're doing now. Dude, you're, it sounds like you're intentional about like setting time yeah. during the week. Does, is there like a day or a time of day if you're, like not to get too detail-oriented, sure. but if you're going to set aside time to like dive in like you're yeah. saying, is it like, do you have like Thursdays? Are you intentional or like At a time point, of day? At this point, I can't just like block a specific yeah. day, but it's just... Are you intentional things, every week? Yeah, I make okay. a... I write out a to-do list yeah. at the beginning of the week, update it as the days go on, cross things off. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I still need to do yeah. by hand is yeah. my to-do list for yeah. whatever reason. <clears throat> I'm with you. And uh, it's just a to-do list item that has to get crossed off by the mm -hmm. end of the week. And that's always Learning, on it. listening, yeah. something like that, something that yeah. I'm curious about. Do you have a time limit? Like, Do you try to hit a certain amount of... Like, okay, listening for this amount. Yeah, I used to. Now it's more like, just get it so it gets my brain going on something. Yeah. Or just spending some time finding something to laugh about. Uh -huh. I don't watch TV, like, mm -hmm. barely at all. I don't yeah. have cable, that sort of thing. But every once in a while, it's like, all right, I got to... I need to find something that's going to make me laugh really hard, and I'm budgeting an hour. <laughs> yeah, totally. And in this case, yeah. for, for me last week, it was, oh, I can do this on the plane to L.A. I was flying yeah. out to L.A. for a session. There's a three-hour plane ride. I have a couple email, like, yeah. you know, some random stuff, yeah. some videos I'm working on. I wanted yeah. to get some stuff done. But I want, I'm going to budget an hour and a half of this plane ride or an hour or yeah. something to get, to get a good laugh. Yeah. All it took was one It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. Yes. I was laughing out loud, like covering my mouth on the plane. <laughs> like the people next to me were like, all right, dude. It was just uh, so yeah. funny. It was like, yeah. I want to go to the next episode. I have this budgeted. But you know what? I got, I'm not going to get any more out of this than what I just got. Oh, man. I'm going to save this for later. Yes. So all I needed was 20 minutes. Oh, man. And then that's crossed off the list. You yeah. know, like a time to laugh really hard yeah. where I don't have to like think about something where I can just whatever. So sometimes I think of things that way, yeah, yeah. where I will budget it out, but I don't have to have yeah, that yeah. much time. Like if I go deep into a musical nugget, yeah, I might get there in ten minutes. Yeah, and continue explore and explore and explore, and then sometimes it takes an hour to get there. But I don't necessarily care as much about the amount of time. It's as much as like what I'm gonna get out of it. Like how do you keep track of your like to-do list? Do you have? I do it just a, like a post-it note on my computer. Yeah. Like I have a post-it note in my drawer and I just post it onto my computer and 
and you like hand write it down. Yeah. Yeah. I do it on my, sometimes, like I have a notes, I have the app notes yeah. on my computer open yeah, at all yeah. times with stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Always harder for me to get that to-do list done rather than yeah, like, yeah. send these charts to Barbarella, done. Yeah. Text this guy, done. Yeah. You know, uh, send stuff for advancing of shows, yeah. done. Like it's yeah, just yeah. right there. I don't know. It's like, yeah, there's some, and there's something about like, uh, have you ever done, have you ever messed around with micro to-do lists at the beginning of a day? I just call them micro. Yeah. And it's like the tiny things that you'd never put on a to-do list. So like if I'm doing a to-do list for like say today, yeah. I'll put like wake up is one of my things. If I wrote it like the night that. before, brush my teeth, shower, like I'll put it, I'll try to pick like five tiny yeah. things because then the feeling of like the hand motion of putting yeah. a line through it adds so much to Sense me. of accomplishment. Yeah. That, yeah. There's something that happens inside my head. That's why I have to write it down too. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I don't yeah. get that when I like, Click a checkbox. Yeah, yeah. Or like on my phone, like <laughs> check. Delete. You know, <laughs> delete, delete. press the X eight times to get that off the oh, list. Oh man. You know? Okay, so you have. I love this tactical stuff. Man. Yeah. I'm a junkie for all this. Yeah. Stuff. So you have like the laughing thing. I would have never thought about that. Are there yeah. any other things like on your to do list that you think other people wouldn't normally think of? Um, the other thing is, I've been I've been putting together a bit about this, but like, just time for creativity. Yeah. Because what I found, even from making my record, if I can explore the meta creativity mm-hmm. thing, yeah. it will always help my music side of things, even if it has nothing to do with music, if there's just like creative time. So I, I will book for myself creative time, which normally means something creative that's not music. Yeah. In my case, most of the time it's making videos. Yeah. So I make my yeah. music videos, mm-hmm. which is this creative outlet for me that's totally different than music, but is yeah. also music because it's music videos yeah, yeah. and it's my songs. But there's something about uh, when I'm creative in music, I have a lot more expectations tied to it. Yes. I have a music degree. I've decided and declared that music is my profession. Yeah, totally. Uncle Sam knows that I'm doing music for yeah. a living. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's what I write on my thing. Yeah. <laughs> All my friends know that I'm music guy yeah. and People on the internet who don't actually know me know me because yeah. I'm a musician. Yeah. You know, like I don't know, like there's there's so many expectations to me as a musician when I pick up my instrument, mm-hmm. I can't suck. Yeah. You know? Like I I can't suck yes. because there's so much expectation. You have so many things tied to it. Yeah. Besides being in the moment, creativity. I spent creatively, a crap yeah. ton of money to go to college for this. <laughs> I better be good at it. Yeah, I've got totally. a piece of paper that says I have a degree in guitar yeah. performance. Yeah. So if I'm not good at it, yeah. I failed there. Yeah. I declared to the world that I'm a musician, so yeah, yeah. I can't fail there. And <laughs> these people have expectations. Yeah. So they're that's fine. That's yeah. good. That actually keeps me. So you look Honest. at it as a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, for the most part. When I think part. about the two artists, I start having like a mental breakdown. Like, yeah, yeah. What am I doing with my life? Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good because yeah. that way it also keeps my focus in. Like, yeah. all right, I'm here, I'm doing this. I'm, yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's got to be good. Yeah. And that, I need that pressure. Yeah. I'm, I function better under pressure, yeah. under a deadline. Like, yeah. Or like, dude, I'm, I need hey, a deadline. Hey, we didn't rehearse. Go out on stage and... Uh, Actually, as a matter of fact, there's four new songs that you've never heard before. Yeah. This one's in G. Great. Boom. I'll Let's actually play it. a lot of times better yes. than if I really prepared hard because there's something yeah, about the pressure that makes you be in the moment and your focus. focus. Ultimate yes. alertness. Yeah. I'll come back to that in a second because there's a fun experience I had with that yeah, with yeah. Bernard Purdy. Uh, 
but man, if I had a, if I had a quarter for every Bernard Purdy <laughs> alertness story that I had. <laughs> um, so yeah. scheduling that in. Yeah, so yeah. with the expectations, there's all these expectations. Yeah, yeah. When I make my videos, when I sit down, mm-hmm. nobody expects me to be good at making videos because I've never spent yes. any. I've never went to a video class. I've seen some tutorials. I bought Final Cut Pro yes. X. And I just figured out how to drag video files in. I'm, yeah, totally. My video friends are like, dude, what are you doing? This looks like a nightmare. <laughs> totally. Like, why aren't you doing this in motion? Or why yeah. aren't you doing this in Adobe? Yeah. I'm like, I don't I, know, and I don't care. Yeah. This is what I have. Yeah. I have. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm dragging yeah. video files in, yes. syncing them manually by like pressing over, <laughs> syncing up the audio. Like there's this creative thing that this yeah. creative outlet for making these music videos yeah. where now I have that full-on outlet yes. with no expectations or no pressure the that I've given myself. In it. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're music videos for my album, so I have a, a certain vision for what I want the look mm-hmm. to be. It just so yeah. happens that it, the look I chose is one that doesn't need to be like <laughs> totally. high res, yeah. totally. which you know yeah. is planned, which is part cool. of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, totally. all right, I know I can't nail that. 4K HD thing. Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. I'm going for the public <laughs> totally, access yeah. thing, and that's a different creative outlet that yeah, man. has no pressure tied to it. That then feeds into my musical creativity. So I feel like that feeding my meta creative thing yeah. works for me. Like Kevin McIntyre, yes. the bass player who plays with Rector and who plays yeah. with my group, he's an amazing drawing, like uh, visual artist. He draws and sketches, yeah. and he's that I can see that creative thing for him yes. feed into his musical thing. Yeah. You know, so I think that sort of thing is important for people to have. Man, okay, so guys our age, as you've been saying, like let's just say in our, our world of like the music creativity, creativity mm-hmm. world, is there something that you see a lot of guys getting hung up on right now where you've been like finding yourself telling people? Yeah. Is there any like thing that comes to mind? Um, that well, you're just like, that, I don't like, know why everybody doesn't think this way. Yeah. I don't know. I think with the internet being as vast and huge as it is, and especially with like viral videos and the most incredible musicians being on screen at all times, it's like, you know, I could see why you as a bass player, it's like, wow, all these Thundercat and Mono Neon and Richard Bona and yeah. Victor Wooten, and all these. Now Joe? Ins- it, yeah, and Dar- like, on, dude. You can't just compare yourself to everybody. Because that, that will block you. I see a lot of people like, oh man, I can't do it. I'm not as good as, I'm not as good as this guy or that guy. Like, well, maybe technically, but you definitely have something to say, no matter uh, what. And you yes. can definitely touch people's lives with, like, there's a huge difference between Shakespeare and Shel Silverstein. Yes. But they both affect people at different parts of their life yes. or different, whatever, like, Yes. Poetry is poetry. Mm-hmm. Music is music. It's especially because it's subjective. Yeah, it man. totally works in our favor. Oh, dude, comparing is stopping people from becoming themselves or finding totally. their thing. And I suffered from yeah. it for a long time. Yes. And I actually you, did, you suffered from that. So yes, okay, really. And actually, even from what I was going for, I was like, man, for a while I was going for this a certain thing. Yeah, yeah, and. You know Johannes Tona? Yeah, not personally really well, okay. but we've met a couple times. So we were cutting a record for something, and he Nicest was like... Nicest dude and a monster. Yeah, amazing, oh. amazing. Yeah, so you guys are cutting a record. Yep, and I was going for something, 
And he was like, man, to be honest, if you want to be like Pat Metheny, first off, you don't have the technical facility that he does. You aren't, you aren't the fastest guitar player. I'm not the fastest bass player in the world. Yeah. Our drummer's not the fastest drummer in the world. Why go for that? Go for your own thing. And you know what? Somebody's always going to be there on the internet to tell you you're not the best. Yes. <laughs> tell you that. Yes. <laughs> There's always going to be somebody in that comment section saying that somebody else is better. Have you better. run into that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's crippling like, if you let it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, especially when I was first putting my videos up. Oh, yeah. hundred great sure. comments and then one negative comment. Yeah. I'm like, oh! Uh, that's the one that sticks with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that's the, the thing you dwell on. Yeah. Oh, man. But being okay with that. Sorry to interrupt. Like, no, no, no. That's awesome. I'm never going to be as oh, fast man. as Ingve Malmsteen. Yeah. But I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. And not that Ingve's thing is what I'd ever go for yeah, anyways, man. but like, yeah. if you want to objectively look at me compared to other guitar players, I can name you a hundred that are better than me. Yeah. But none of them that sound like me. Yeah. You know? And yes. I've only realized that this year, you know, like... If Bob Dylan starts to compare himself as a vocalist to Donny Hathaway, or yeah. he could let that cripple him, but Which is funny it's not too, going to. It's funny because I've been coming up with this thing I've been calling reverse comparison, where sure. finding your thing is com the opposite of that is comparing yourself to other people. Like you're either focusing on what you're creating, your mm -hmm. creative output, and the opposite of that is actually being crippled by comparing yourself to other people instead of letting yourself be inspired by other people, learning from them. Yeah, I think the comparison thing in a lot of in a lot of aspects is really good. Yeah. Because if you can look at look at what makes somebody great, yeah. not compared to what makes you great, not giving yourself the same metric. Like when I look at Malmsteen or Steve Vai, what makes I don't know why I use these guys as my reference. Or like Nile Rodgers. Yeah. A lot of people compare me like, oh, you're like, you're, you're the young Nile Rodgers. It's like, well, that's because why? Because Nile I'm playing Rogers, a funky funk Stratocaster? Yeah, that's your only reference. Like that's, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I get why people would yeah. say that. People say, oh, Joe Dart's like a, I'll even catch my singing. He sounds like a Rocco meets Jocko. Yeah. You know? Yes. And yeah. that's high regard, but he just sounds like Joe. Yeah. You know, like he's mm -hmm. got his own thing. But if I compare myself to other people in a negative way using their metric using what they're good at as the metric then I'm always going to be losing like if I'm looking at the best shred guitarist mm -hmm. and using their speed as the metric because that's what they do of course I'm going to lose you know like you that's, have to find oh, your own oh metric my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for bass players and drummers like okay for drummers I, I see this I'm watching this guy who's the fastest drummer in the world I'm watching him using that metric against myself, but that's his, that's the thing that he's the best at. So I'm, of course I'm gonna lose. I'm watching this drummer because he's got the fattest groove in the world, using that as the metric. But if he's the guy at that, I'm gonna lose against him. If I use bass tone or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, like tone, time, groove, speed, yeah. musicality. Yeah. I mean, those are all things that we should work on that we can use that our own stats are going to make up who we are. Mm -hmm. But if you're always measuring the best guy in the world at their metric, comparing yourself to that thing. Yes. And it'll be easy to cripple yourself from it. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. 
Oh, man. But then you're not saying don't compare yourself. Don't not compare yourself. Don't not compare yourself. Just see like, oh. So what's that? How, how, how is like a positive way that you would say someone should compare so themselves? finding somebody and not necessarily pigeonholing them as like, yeah, yeah. this is their thing. But what is it about this guy or girl that makes what they're doing so attractive or popular? Yeah. Like what is it that they do that's unique? What is it they do that's impressive? What is it they do that is just a like pure artistic statement? What is their concept? All of those things kind of mixed together. What is it that makes them who they are? Yeah. And then, okay, it's all these things combined. Then I think a healthy comparison is how do all the things that I do together, how do those things combine to make me who I am? My technical facility on the instrument, my wow. harmonic, harmonic knowledge, my time feel, groove my tone my writing yeah my skills as a leader yeah uh my go-getter personality my ability to bring a positive energy to something yeah those things can all make up who i am yeah you know where it's like if i'm trying to just purely inspire people and bring the best out of people as a leader i'm not going to do that as well as tony robbins yeah yeah but in my field and in my thing, I can bring some of the Robin stuff. Yeah. Dude, that's so heavy. Okay, is there anything like this past year you're talking about, like um, things to work on, things that bring come into you to play, whether it's like personality stuff or yeah. like musicality? Is there anything that's been like a big focus like the past like six months of yours that you've been working on? Um, I think just the, the meta creativity thing has been something in the last year that I've been really dialing in. Because I find that when I'm able to be creative and do something, it has such a positive effect on the rest of my day, the rest of my life, yeah, that sort of thing. And also, I mean, you said you're into some meditation stuff, just mindfulness practice in general. Yeah. Um, raising my awareness of how does this make me feel when I do these kind of gigs or sessions? Yeah. How does it make me feel when I'm, when I eat this kind of food? Yeah. How does it make me feel when I think these kind of thoughts, you know, or do this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, like some of those mindfulness yeah. things are, are the things that I've been, yes. man. you know, and whether I, I guess all those things that I just said were emotion driven, Yeah. which maybe says something, but I, I think also just, the mindfulness is also just having, yeah, re- like uh, relying on the, like also just the awareness thing, in a non-emotional way is yeah. like what what do I think makes this person great? Yeah. What are some objective things for this? What are objectively things that people seem to like about what I do, or what objectively am I good at? Yeah, and then there's the subjective thing. Yeah, mindfulness of both of those. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Rob. Thanks for listening. Do I need to say that? They know who this is. They've been listening to the podcast. They've been listening to me talk. You're the only one. I know. Moving on. Thanks for sticking around. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Corey. He's the man. Big fan. Super pro. Holy crap. How amateur hour of an interview am I? Of the conversation, I'm not for sure we talked about Corey's new album. From Wolfpack? Yeah. Corey was in the band Wolfpack, but he lives in the cities. And he just came out 
with a full-length album. Like his own personal album? Or Wolfpack? It's called Corey Wong and the Green Screen Band. It's an awesome album. Tons of heavy hitters. I'm a huge fan of a ton of these guys that recorded on it. But not all of them. But not all of them. (laughs) You know who you are. Just kidding. They're all awesome. Check this out. In this tune, the drummer, Steve Gould. Oh. I interviewed Steve. Question number three, what aren't we talking about? He's on drums. It rules. Here's McKinney by Corey Wong and the Green Screen Band.
the way, the album's out. Go check it out. Buy it. That tune was awesome. I've got a little extra thing. Before we were done talking, Corey shared a story about a situation of him playing with a guy named Bernard Purdy. Does Bernard Purdy mean anything to you, Sarah? I mean, I'm going to fill in the blank and say no. Bernard Purdy is a legendary drummer. He's actually called... Purdy Bernard. <laughs> if, you're in my, if, he, if he was in my contacts list, he'd be Purdy Bernard. He's actually called the world... He's the world's most recorded drummer. That's what they say. He's play, I'm not even going to go into who he's recorded with. You can check him out. If there are musicians listening, most likely people know who this is. He's legendary. Most likely other musicians know Bernard who he is. Bernard Purdy is so legendary that he has a drum shuffle beat named after him. Okay. The Purdy Shuffle. I like that. You're going to tell a story about the Bernard Purdy? Yes. The alertness, the alertness thing. The alertness thing? <laughs> so last year with Wolfpack, we did four nights of shows with Purdy playing drums. Amazing. One of the highlights of my life musically, just playing with this legend. And Jack had the idea of basically just not sending him any material or telling him at all what we were going to do ahead of time. Which, you know, Jack makes some bold moves and I'll always trust him in it because it's his vision, it's his thing, you know, it's it's amazing because he always pulls it up. And especially when it's pretty, like, he, he wanted to hear Purdy's instincts on the tunes. So he would... Before before the gig started, Purdy had no idea what we were playing. We're just going up, and there's songs so in the set was, list. It's literally you're gonna play this live, and he had never heard this stuff before. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Other than like we played Kid yeah. Charlemagne, but yeah, he, yeah. Jack turned on, he's like Kid Charlemagne, and counts it off, and then Purdy just kind of goes. Yeah, which he played on the tune. So uh, there's some Wolfbeck songs. Where Jack was just like, um, well, the, there's like this song, Adrian and Adrian, that's like, Jack was just like, he turns around to Purdy before the song, so Purdy has no idea what the song is, he's just like, um, he just kind of goes, Jack sing it. One, two, three, four. full-on Purdy instincts for the whole song. He has no idea what the form is, no idea what, where any hits are or anything. But there was just this full alertness from him of like, his ears were wide open, looking around like, who's gonna give me the cue for this thing? Where is this gonna go? He 
was still driving the band as a drummer, and it was like you hear all of a sudden all these studio instincts. Because when he cut all these records, you know, a lot of those he was hearing for the first time. Of course, he would hear the song and do several takes. And I thought, in the end, it was like, wow, now I see why he did that. Because you're getting full alertness, full raw instincts yeah. of this legend on these songs. Yeah. lot of them like three bars in, it was like whoa this is way different than yeah i would have never played it like this but yeah, then it, it just kind of morphed into its own one of a kind that's never going to happen that way ever again fun experience for us and the audience yeah man. and he was having a blast just watching him like ear to ear grin like and there was one tune where there's like a bar of five and he caught the bar of five by like a cue like Theo turns around and just boom like moves his head stuck and yeah. kind of gives him the eyes like hey something's coming And he, catches, and he sets it. it up too. Oh, it's like, whoa! And it's totally pure, pure musicality, moment, yeah. pure in the moment. Like, That's how so did you awesome. get that? Like we were hanging in the green room before, he wasn't worried about what are we gonna play, what are we gonna do. He's just let's do it. He was just hanging out. Oh man. Yeah. But you're forced to be in the moment. Oh, I love that. Dude. Yeah. And yours just happens to be with Bernard Purdy, <laughs> the legend. Dude, that's insane. I still can't believe sometimes some of the experiences man. that I've had. He's 
on that record. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright. That's it. Thanks. Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.